Can you have the poll? Over to you, mate. Hello, everybody. Paul, alcoholic. Um, today we're going to do steps 10 and 11. So I'll just state it here. So step 10 is continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And step 11 is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. So I'm going to read a little bit from page 84. That's where uh, the 10th step begins. And uh, he goes, all right, this, of course, it follows the ninth step. So, and we have, we just read the ninth step promises, which are descriptions of effects that are going to happen to us under the influence of the steps in the higher power. And so he goes, uh, it's the second paragraph in uh, page 84. This thought brings us to step 10, uh, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. Now, uh, step four, in a way, we learn how to take a personal inventory. And if you follow Joe and Charlie, they made a simple uh, four column inventory process that if you know how to do one from the first column to the fourth column, then you know the formula. So you can do 500, thousands, 10, whatever. So using that, you can use the fourth step uh, columns with, for your, with your 10th step. So it says, uh, we vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So this way of living really is a way of uh, a design for living based on principles. So some people will say there's a principle for each step. I don't remember them all, but they're available. Uh, we have entered the world of the spirit. My feeling is we never left the world of the spirit, but whatever. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. So that's the fourth column of the inventories. So when you do the inventory of Wendy, the first person, I resent her because she left me. We look at how it affected our instinctual agenda and then our role in it, which is these questions. You know, where was I or am I? I like to use the past tense and the present tense because a lot of people think uh, they got over that resentment. And so, but basically it's not, you're not doing an inventory on the fourth step of just the living resentments. It's, you wanna get like a diagnosis by doing sort of autopsies to see how self has defeated us. So the idea of a resentment being over uh, doesn't mean it's exempted from the inventory. So when these crop, so when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. Now, for me, that's step six and seven. Yeah. Also, so when you see these things, fear or this or that, come up, you are entirely ready to have it removed, and then you ask that power to remove it. To me, that's the activity of six and seven. So. 
So the response to alcoholism, when it's noted or noticed in others or in ourselves, is step six and seven. So when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So these are now the 10-step promises, which is, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. The sanity concerning the, ins the, the insanity concerning the first before the first drink. So that insanity that caused us to keep getting loaded will have been, we have, we have been brought to sanity about that. So we're not in the realm of having to stop drinking. We don't start drinking. Yeah, it's a different feeling. So, um, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that's concerning the, you know, the crazy thoughts about drinking. We may not react sanely and normally to every uh, situation in life. And we will find that this has happened automatically. See, this is the beauty of this program. If this was a self-help program, we would have worked very, very difficult and arduous to try to produce this effect that happens automatically. And then not only believing that we produced it, we would live in the fear that we could undo it, which doesn't allow us to enjoy peace of mind. So believing that I produce the effects that have happened through the program and the higher power actually causes a disease in itself. Because if I produce them, I can unproduce them. And it's still that obsession with self. So, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. So, that's the antithesis of a self-help program, a reliance on a higher power. Yeah. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality. Again, the wording is beautiful. It doesn't say we feel as though we finally produced a place of neutrality. No, we were... The, the, the re response and the, the awareness of it is I've been placed in a position of neutrality as if something has done for me what I can't do for myself. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. Man. And for the length and the severity of the problem having me, to have that problem be as if it never occurred or it's been removed is unbelievable solution. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. I'm gonna go back to the writing 
and stuff, but I wanted to read this all. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. I would say alcoholism. I don't see alcohol as a foe. I mean, when I walk down the aisles, alcohol, you know, doesn't attack me or throw itself at my feet. It's sort of inert. <laughs> we are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So, uh, and you know, this is just, I'm just sharing how I see it. This isn't, I'm not seeing it from the book in a lot of ways. I'm seeing it from the effects that the higher power and the program and the book have, has had on us or has had on me. So it's a, it's a, it's a battle. If I keep taking myself to be a mental idea or an image pictured as a physical in my view, but what would happen if uh, life and the program and the higher power show you that you first and foremost are a spiritual condition. Like a lot of people in recovery would say, we're a spirit having human experiences. We're not a human trying to have spiritual experiences or something like that. So I like that one. I like this. So because if I am a spiritual condition, that in itself is the highest form of maintenance of a spiritual condition. Yeah. So if I've been relieved of the bondage of self, which means that all the interest that I had or was there was in selfing in the mental activity has been moved. Yeah. And now I have interest is starting and resting somewhere else in, instead of a mental physical condition, but a spiritual condition first and foremost, that's a pretty established spiritual condition. So, I'm a real believer that mm, we are spirit to begin with. And I'm a believer that I don't believe spirit has any malady. I think it's a mental malady. And when the mental malady, malady is taken care of, then the obstructions to the spiritual condition get weakened or let's say dropped or diminished. And then it becomes obvious uh, that condition becomes obvious. Yeah, in one's life, yeah. So, uh, so the tenth step for me was to continue to look at the characteristics and the patterns and the habits of how self has defeated me in my daily life. And by writing them down, I get to see, I get to see them a lot better and sharing with another person, my sponsor in most cases. And then looking at if I need to make an amends and to try to do that promptly. And of course, uh, this little, this activity of the 10th step usually doesn't have the weight and the effort of the fourth step because you've gotten rid of most of the shit or you've, you know, the river has been unfrozen and now it's flowing. And now when you run into some obstructions or you see some rocks in that flow, then you have the means to sort of take care of them, just like we did on the fourth step. 
but it's not like a huge boulder usually. It's just an obstruction, a minor obstruction, and we're still, we're not lost, we're not in the loss of the spirit. We're still feeling the spirit, but we're running into some obstructions, so we do the 10 step, yeah? And then the 10 step is just an incredible point because at this point, these things kick in, those promises, which I think are just mind-boggling. Could you imagine having a sense of not fighting anything or anyone? And then to have that, let's say, get established, not just as a very infrequent experience, but as something that is relied upon. You know, we will seldom be, be interested in liquor. Now, I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones because I got struck sober 32 years ago. And from that point on, I've never had a strong interest in liquor or drugs. I've never had a strong thought or a feeling about doing alcohol or drugs. So this is very intimate to me because I've experienced all of these uh, descriptions. If tempted, see, it's great when you're not tempted at all. But So if not tempted, there's not even a recoil from it as from a hot flame because you don't even go near the hot flame, so to speak. We react sanely and normally. Now, if I think that's the case in all of my affairs, I find myself to be quite mistaken. But at least this, this one that had a huge effect on my life has been, the problem in a sense has been solved. Yeah, in a way, and the feeling of that is it just doesn't exist for me today, which is an incredible solution. For a solution to be that powerful, it causes the problem that that hung over me for so long not to appear to exist is a damn freaking good solution. So, and then we will find that this happened automatically. And this goes into the whole thing of the suddenly realizing that something is doing for us that we can't do for ourselves becomes like a very, very, uh, a frequently occurring, uh, Conclusion, yeah, by just observing your own life. So we will find that our new attitude, and of course it's so beautiful, because our whole system has been revamped. Instead of being in a self-centered system, we're more in, in a centered system, yeah? We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part, yeah? Now there's maybe a lot of thought and effort through the steps, but we're not going, we're not targeting these effects. We arrive at these effects. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I, if I set out, you know, to lose, to totally change my attitude on liquor, I would just have another version of another attitude around liquor. But the, this program changes us so sufficiently and it doesn't go from A, B, C, D. It's like A goes to J. Sort of like when, I remember when people and I came in, I'd be bitching about my, my contemporary condition and then a person would very patiently hear me bitch for 30 minutes and then his first directive was go to a meeting. Now that made absolutely no sense to me. I've gotta find a place to stay. I've gotta do this, I gotta do that. 
they heard that, but they went, you know, they just took me to a whole nother direction, which is go to a meeting. And I couldn't see how going to a meeting would affect those conditions. Exactly. That's the attitude that we, that gets changed. We have a new attitude. Yeah. And we now see that what works in my life isn't me working it all day. It's me being worked by this higher power. And it's just a change in attitude and outlook, a new freedom and a new happiness. All of those statements are implying this effect of perhaps there's a better way, trusting something infinite rather than finite self. So obviously, while the problem dominates us, we have a huge amount of faith in finite self. We're believing the thoughts and we're believing that GPS all day that's leading us and directing us, but it's driven by alcoholism, yeah? And it may fulfill its agenda, but its agenda isn't our agenda. We have a different agenda that's been muted and we've been taken over. So this program breaks that bondage, breaks that slavery, and now allows us to be directed by a higher power. So now we're living based on being directed by something infinite rather than finite self. So it just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It doesn't say the problem will be removed or the problem has been removed, but it's coming back. It says the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spirits condition. So that's the requirement for these reactions to continue and stabilize is we need to be in fit spirits condition. Yeah. I feel if you've been through this process, you are in fit spiritual condition. Yeah. Your head may not say you are, but you're not your head. So these things are requiring a fit spirits condition. I believe inherently we're in a fit spiritual condition we may not be in an we may not be in a fit mental condition or a physical condition or a circumstantial condition or a conditional condition but we are fit on a certain level of a spiritual condition because that's been inherently so yeah so uh yeah so that's it for the 10th step and now I'll just go to the 11th step. So the 11th step basically says, sort through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood them. Praying, for all, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Now I would, the first sentence, sort through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. To me, the point is to improve our conscious contact with God. They're suggesting two ways, and those two ways are prayer and meditation, but they're not the only ways. 
Yeah. Some people I feel that I've met and I've seen and I've worked with aren't, they don't have a proclivity to meditation. So basically prayer is, a, is the avenue. So through prayer, they find, they go, they find that space. And then maybe they find that space in nature or swimming or something. And those ways, then at this point, all of those ways that they feel of that, that certain peace are improving the conscious contact with God. Yeah, all of them. So I feel it's, it's, it's a disservice for some that feel very inadequate when it comes to meditation or haven't or don't have a problem with an idea of praying to something other than themselves, well, they're going to find in their own life, if they stick with the principles and stay in our program, that they're going to seek through work. They're going to seek through writing music. They're going to seek through a lot of things to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. So, yeah, prayer and meditation. But if you're not, if, if you can't sit still, then don't sit still. Take a walk in nature or something because you'll feel that sense that you may want to call the higher power. It's not just, there's not two ways to improve one's conscious contact. They're just giving us two examples, prayer and meditation. They're not the only way. And the intention is really to improve our conscious contact. The intention isn't to become a great prayer master and a meditation master. It's to improve our conscious contact with God. And then as we understood him, now my feeling about as we understood him was important in the beginning. Yeah. But as I stayed in the program, my idea of the higher power turn into more, I want to understand the higher power by its own understanding. I don't want to understand the higher power by my understanding, because my understanding is pretty damn small. Yeah? So I would like it to be, you know, turning one's will and life over to the care of a higher power of its own understanding. That's revelatory. And that's when I'm always in the surprise when I see that it's doing for me what I can't do for myself. Yeah. So, um, so prayer meditation, and then some people say they don't pray, but if you go to an AA meeting, you pray twice, twice, at, you know, during the meeting in the beginning, at the end, we say prayer. So, um, yeah. So maybe in the beginning, you're so freaking crazy. All you can do is pray. And, and then maybe you get a little more peace of mind, so then you can do go into meditation. But truly, the idea is to improve one's conscious contact. Yeah. So, all right, I think that's it. I can, there's tons of uh, descriptions of how to meditate and pray, but sometimes I feel, because of our myopic view, if people don't think they're a meditator, they're gonna, they feel like they're not doing the 11 step. I really believe that the intent is to improve one's conscious contact. It's not just, you know, and, you know, seek through could be tons of examples. It doesn't have to just be prayer and meditation. So, uh, yeah. Okay. 
Thank you very much. That was awesome. So um, we're open for questions now. So um, you can put your hand up in the old column on the right. And we've Scott MC straight off the bat, followed by uh, G. So it's Scott MC. Over to you, mate. Yeah, Scott O'Collett. Cheers for that very interesting um, talk. Yeah, a lot of it is big book related, principle related, and I understand that. Um, I believe for myself and other people that I speak to in the program that yeah we need a psychic change to overcome um like we have to be able to see the problem of the alcoholism and there's an intrinsic link going back and in the depth of these steps you know what i find interesting is that you know like talking about the spiritual melody i'm also in agreement but i've never been able to put my finger on it and you've really helped me put my finger on it that relating to the spiritual melody you know the spirit, to me, I agree with what was said, that the spirit is infinite and it's our underlying core. So how can there be a spiritual malady? So in layman's terms, trying to work out through my own understanding, this is my opinion and this is a question and I'd like feedback on this. You know, I'm in agreement that the spirit gets covered up by life, the alcohol, the alcoholism. and it's interesting that when I came into, I came into recovery, I was blaming conditions, people, and so on for my drinking. And so I'm so covered up by life, I can't differentiate the truth from the false. So I've been in practice of the opposite nature of what the fundamentals of this recovery um, asks of us to get honest, to have a foundation of willingness so that we can become open-minded and we can see clearly. We have to see the problem. And when Bill was working with Ebbe, and it was the Oxford group, and, the, and they were working through the, the six tenets, is it? Yeah. The, first, the first spiritual principle to adopt was surrender. So obviously I have to admit defeat as an alcoholic. I have to admit, you know, and... It's very hard for us to admit we're wrong and admit that we're defeated, you know, and, and we're fighting, fighting, fighting. So it makes sense to me sitting here today, you know, what's been said that, yes, I agree on the spiritual malady. And, and there was Scott, mate, just can you, um, is there a question in there? Because we have got a lot of people. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, mate, that'd be awesome. So with respect to you, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Sorry, yeah. I forgot myself a minute. But what I'm trying to say is... When, That's a great share you just had anyway. So, yeah. right, so they were talking about removing it root and branch. And what I see today and from what's just been said is, is it right, am I thinking right, in to remove our, our character defects root and branch is addressing stuff at the root of the problems so that we can, and in relation to step 11, um, it all relates to keeping our thinking and our instincts right-sized. So, so that is the direct link with our higher power. It's not about being a Zen master at meditation and so on, but rather keeping our instincts and everything clear so our alcoholism can't come on top of us. And we always face our problems directly, so that keeps us spiritually adept. And in the big book, it said, when the spiritual malady is overcome, mentally and physically will straighten out. So that's kind of my question. Is it right to say, when we refer to spirit, 
we address the root of our problems so they can be took away the character defects. That's thank me. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, just that was. This is just my opinion. I don't see spirit as being able to have a malady because it doesn't have a body, body or a brain that where a malady may would may appear. So, uh, and so, <laughs> so yes, I believe. Uh, but I don't think. Again, there's a reliance on something that's producing the effects. Uh, and I'm the, and I have the joy to observe them and express the effects, but I'm not the cause of them. So to me, the idea of surrender is really, really one aspect of it is being very clear that I'm not managerial uh, quality. Yeah. Now I could be managing others, but that doesn't mean I'm managing myself. I can still be managed by spirit while I'm in, while I'm in a position of being managed of managing others. So the idea of surrender for me turned into a past tense thing. It's surrender. Uh, there can be a basis of being thoroughly convinced that you're screwed and that that being screwed doesn't come up for debate and review every few months. It just becomes a fact. And that basis of surrendered uh, allows a, a sober life to be built on it, yeah? Because uh, you know the problem from the solution, as the, our friend was just saying. You know alcoholism by the relief of it, yeah? When you're relieved of alcoholism, you'll know what alcoholism is and was, which is an incredible obsession with an idea called being the doer and the thinker and the feeler, a sense of owning a lot of stuff that we don't have really anything to do with, yeah? This sense of being the one. And how can there be the one when, you, when you're already the one, yeah? It doesn't work, so. And what we've learned here, captured by a statement in our community, self can't get out of self, I can't, like, take a two-year course of how to lose interest in self, that could be seen as interest in self, yes? <laughs> you know what I mean? In other words, it's the self that's trying to get out of itself. And that's been observed, that doesn't work. So how can there be a loss of interest? Or how can uh, the idea of quit playing God really take effect if that which is playing God believes it's that is that which is hearing quit playing God. See, I feel the mental state is in the act of playing God all day. And so that mental state is telling me how I am, how I'm gonna be, how the day's gonna be, how my partner is, how this, how the traffic's gonna be. It's constantly pontificating on conditions it has nothing, it has no idea of yet, because I haven't even gotten up. So if I'm, I'm, what I'm saying, the bondage of self is what's, is what's claiming to be the hearing of the statement, you've got to quit playing God. So if that which is playing God, hears the statement, you've got to quit playing God, and then pursues or tries to quit playing God, that's playing God ad infinitum. Yeah, 
How can that which is playing God, if it tries to quit playing God, that's God. It can't, you can't get out of it once you think you're in. So the, it's going to go on ad infinitum, all right? That which is playing God says, I'm going to try to quit playing God. That's an act of playing God. So what's one to do? Freaking there you go. You can't get what you want. You can't keep what you want. You can't produce the effects you want. Yeah, you want to travel lighter, and then that wanting to travel lighter becomes another heaviness. Yeah, but you can be at an effect, you can be changed, you can be changed, and then know that you aren't the cause of the change. You can, you can see that things have gotten better, and it really didn't have much to do with you. And so, that is the principle to me the base, the real principle of surrender is that, yeah, I can observe effects, I can express effects, but I'm not the cause of the effects, yeah? That's the beauty of it. And that whole 10-step promises, every one of those sentences is basically saying that. You're placed in a position of neutrality. It's not like you finally, through arduous effort, arrived at a place of neutrality. No, you were placed there, seemingly without, thought of, without any thought of effort. Hallelujah. That's the whole... That's the whole, that's the whole pivotal point of recovery to me, is admitting I can't do what can be done for me. Yeah, admitting I can't manage myself into a, a life of traveling lighter. If I manage, my life is unmanageable. Yeah, that's as simple as that. So, it's that fundamental recognition of the system I'm relying on is failed. Yeah. It says it in our fear inventory. He says, why are you in so much fear today? And then every, we could have an 800, like a 50 hour Zoom if everyone went off on why they're in fear today. And he goes, he gives us the answer. Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? That's the cause of the fear. And the anxiety is self-reliance. Fear and anxiety are an effect of self-reliance, yeah? Now, we see fear as a cause of tons of stuff, and it can be, but what causes the fear? In the view of AA, it's self-reliance, yeah? I'm relying, I'm trusting something finite completely, yeah? And it's producing a lot of freaking anxiety because I deep, I deep down I know it doesn't work, yeah? So people are totally flipped out about what's not happening. Because the mental state, that's where self is God. Self tells you, so if, if there's faith in the thought system, I'm gonna be full of anxiety all day. Because I'm not just dealing with today, I'm dealing with fucking imagined days forever and ever, yeah? So that faith, the program, moves it from the faith in something that's finite to what's infinite. And then you see the re results and the effects and you have an intimate experience of what they just described in the 10 step. The problem will not exist for you. Jesus Christ, that's unbelievable to me. Yeah. And then what happens then? A lot of gratitude. And you're not writing it down, your attitude, you have a new attitude, and that's of gratitude, yeah? You're grateful that's for, that 
to that something or nothing that has done for you what you can't do for yourself. You're incredibly grateful. And that gratitude gets expressed by service and other things. Yeah. So, yeah, the idea, I don't believe that alcohol is cunning, powerful, and fucking whatever, diabolical. I think alcoholism is. Yeah. I don't believe there's a spiritual malady. I don't believe that we manufacture our own misery. I believe we're being used to manufacture misery. I believe we're like the factory that can produce a lot of products. When taken over by alcoholism, it produces misery. Yeah. But I'm, if, we have, if we get a new uh, director of the factory, a higher power, it will produce tolerance, love service gratitude enjoying peace of mind knowing serenity understanding all this shit yeah it's the same factory it's who's running the factory is going to direct what's being produced so i'm not a believer that i'm i've produced all my own misery but i've lived under those products because i'm identified as self and self is what has produced misery through me and so the relief of the bondage of self the factory now can produce other effects and other products, but none of them said made in Paul. None. There's no made in Paul. Yeah. No, there's no return policy. When I, you can't give it back to me because it wasn't mine to begin with. So there's a couple of things that, are, yeah. My, this is just how I see it. Yeah. I do not see that I have alcoholism. I see that alcoholism had me, yeah? And now I see that a higher power has me. That's basically it. I just have a different driver, yeah? And the roads go, I drive much smoother through the same roads that were probably gonna be there, but the other one, the other driver fucking hits every pothole, fucking doesn't know how to drive, can't brake, it's always fucking putting on the brakes fucking gassing it up too much. This, whatever's directing me now, I travel lighter through the same roads I was gonna have to go over in my life. I travel lighter through it, and I've had 32 years of this new driver. Yeah, I have a great assurance I'm in good hands because I'm in good hands. It's not a big leap. There's no leap of faith in AA. You see it, you see the effects. There's a leap of faith in the mental state all day. <laughs> we have a huge faith in something that doesn't deserve any faith. It's a failed system. It's a failed system. So perhaps there's a better way. Yeah, trusting something infinite rather than finite self. So as the guy was sharing about, you got to see the problem. The problem is trusting something finite. Yeah. And then believing the thoughts are ours when if you go to meetings and you listen to people share for a few months, you can only come to two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts or they're not my thoughts? Yeah. We are, we're like a fleet of cars with one driver. And it's amazing, this huge fleet, every car thinks they're so different. But when they're driven, they usually go to the same three parking spaces, institutions, jails, and death. I mean, you've got to see all these very uniquely different people. Why would they drive to the same three parking spaces? We've got one driver. One driver took the whole fleet over. 
Yeah. You don't need, you've got. Yeah. Don't get me going. I got a very, I mean, and this isn't, this isn't based on hope. This isn't, oh, I hope this is the way it is. I've observed this is the way it is. Yeah. I've observed it through thick and thin, through trouble and through, and non-trouble. I've observed it day in and day out. I am a spiritual condition. And there are mental and physical and external conditions. But the horse is I am a spiritual condition. And then the cart is all the other conditions. To put those other conditions before the spiritual condition is a lack of seeing. Yeah. It's not true. That's why, as they say, if your spiritual condition is set, the mental and physical will follow because the mental and physical follows. The spiritual condition is the primary condition. Yeah? To have the idea that the mental and physical is primary and that maybe, just maybe, it wants to acquire a spiritual condition is not working. That's, that's not how it is. Yeah? So yeah, any Okay, yeah, sorry, you're done, right? Okay. Um thanks for that, Scott. And next is oh, hold on, is G. Over to you, mate. Thanks, Dave. Good good to see you and hear you, Paul, today. You know, I yeah. love I love coming to these meetings. Just a quick question. Um I'm not gonna complicate this. Okay, my first sponsor gave me a way of doing step ten, which I found complicated. Um my current sponsor has told me to do step 10s as laid out on page 65 of the big book. Like Mr. Brown, his attention to my wife affects my sex relation fear. And leave it at that. And then call him and I, I, I don't like doing it this way. But he said it gives me awareness around the situation. It gives me the awareness. But I went back to doing how my previous sponsor showed me how to do it, which was I thought was complicated. But it goes from the old judgment I, I might have against Mr. Brown to, 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 to more of a positive idea about him. If, it, it, I can show, it's like, it's very like, it's, 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 it's all these sheets and everything on how to do it. And then, then um, it goes to, uh, I write down the self area, self affected. Then I've got to write down a feeling of separation as well. Does it make you feel isolated, withdrawn? Then I've got to write down the glaring defect of character pride, anger, envy. Then I've got to write down a principle of life, you know, that I'm looking to work towards, hope, courage, whatever. Then I've got to look at my mistake, where am I at fault? Then I've got to look at, have I been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking? And then I've got to look at a negative attitude. And then he's giving me another sheet which has the opposite, but a positive attitude. And did I cause harm? This is quite long-winded, and, and and my current sponsor's way is from page sixty-five. I just want to quickly: what would you say is the best way to do a step ten regarding the columns? Well, however it works best for you, bro. Yeah. These mm. are just these are just suggestions. The suggestions. It doesn't matter how they fit the person who's sharing them with you. It's how they fit you. Yes. So whichever one feels like it's working better and is bringing, uh, let's say, uh, 
a clarity around it, yeah, use that. Yeah, to me, the idea of suggestions is, to me, sponsoring is a verb, yeah? The idea of a sponsor and a sponsee without the verb doesn't mean anything. So sponsoring is sharing suggestions, and then the person gives them a shot or tries them, and then you find what works and doesn't work, yeah? Mm. Yes? Yeah. It's not like his suggestion and the first guy's suggestion. It's just a suggestion, and what works for you is allows you to have a, this program, yeah? Mm. Yeah, so just share it with your, your whatever, your secondary or your new sponsor that, hey, this other way is working better. It doesn't mean it's going to be working better for the next 30 years, but for right now. And maybe you'll want to go to another kind, yeah? But mm. also remember, step 10 uh, has, you, you can look at some of the assets and some of the, the demonstrations of this new way of life also. Yeah, mm. to honor the effects of the program in your life. Like, hey, I haven't had, uh, I haven't acted out concerning, you know, passive aggressiveness with my roommate for the last week or whatever. So there, it's important to also put the light on the getting better in the mm. 10 step. Yes? Yeah. Because the head, the head doesn't want to acknowledge you getting well. Mm. The head wants to forget a miracle in about a half an hour. It wants to dwell on a resentment for like 40 years. Yeah, It's mm. got a very biased view. So you have to keep inserting the AA way of looking at things so that it finally gets adopted and becomes the way of looking at things. Yeah. Mm. yeah? At, at a lot of times, especially in the beginning, there's a, two ways that are vying for the way of looking at things. Yeah, You're mm. hearing the reaction from the disease to the suggestions of about the solution. Yeah. Mm. And after a while, the reaction that the voice of the disease, that volume knob goes down and then the voice of the higher power goes up. Yeah. Now you can't do it. Yeah. Because if you try to make the higher power volume go up, that's putting your volume up. Yeah. So, you'll see by just living this way of life, the higher power volume will go up and then the, let's say the disease volume will go down. So you won't be hearing it as loud as you used to, yes? Mm. Yeah. So just find out, share it with the guy you're working with. Hey, this old way is working better for now. So there you go, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. How did you how did you do how did you do a step ten though? What was your columns? I well after a while, see, I did test I did it just like the Joe and Charlie stuff from the fourth column. Yeah, the four mm -hmm. columns. And I also would write down uh victory, so to speak, against the bondage of self. And then after a while, I can do it in my head. Yeah. Mm. I can take the the incident to the fourth column in my head. And then I would just, I wouldn't write it down at night. I would just call my sponsor up and share it with him. Yeah. 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 And the thing is basically, hopefully, because to me, recovery progresses, the amount of uh, resentment and anxiety is, is, is should, I would expect it's going to diminish. Yeah. 
So the quantity is going to go down. You won't be writing that much. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this recovery progresses. Yeah. So a lot of things we do are waiting for, uh, let's say, an upgrade in the uh, improvement of the conscious contact. When the improvement of the conscious contact gets upped, a lot of the uh, tools are less used. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what's that's a great that's a great thing about a tool. The best thing about a tool is not needing to use it to me. Hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be a master of I don't want to be a master of inventories. I yeah. want to outgrow the uh, minutiae of inventories, yeah. Hmm. I want to outgrow the <laughs> the conditions that need to be inventory. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I only do it in emergency. <laughs> I mean, if I keep, if I keep having like fifty resentments a day, I better see my role in that. <laughs> there aren't like resentments around, you know, hiding behind corners or behind the tree. It's the way we're looking at things that are producing the resentment. And AA's way of life changes the way you see things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there aren't like, all right, in the wild, there's 200 million resentments. <laughs> and then there's a population of 100,000 tamed or, or, uh, or domesticated resentments. There, there's, not a, there's not a finite number of resentments running around. It's a, it's a, it's a reaction based on a view, yeah? Yeah, so a view, of when I see something now, it, it immediately relates to what I saw in the past. So I start reliving shit that I thought I was, I was successfully avoiding 20 years ago. I'm still running into it now. That's what it's showing. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> you'll see that you're, the, you're that factory that's producing a lot of shit. At mm. one point, taken over by alcoholism, you're producing fear, resentments, shit like that all day. Tons of it. Yeah. Tons of it. And now <laughs> the factory's been taken over by a higher power, and so you're not producing the shit you used to produce. Yes, are you? Mm. Um, oh, exactly. So there you go. Okay. You're under new management. We are all under, there's, we have a new employer. Yeah meaning we used to have an old employer. So something was employing us or was using us, and that was alcoholism. Now we have a new employer represented as the higher power. And being all powerful, this new employer, being all powerful, that changes everything, right? We're gonna, <clears throat> being all powerful, it's gonna take care of us. And it gives us only two requirements necessary for that to be upheld, which is, I've got to stay close to that higher power. I don't believe you can be far from it, really. It's, you know, right where you are at all times. And performance works well. Yeah? So what's that? I don't know. Living a, a, day, a daily life based on principles, I wouldn't say that's performing. It works well. Yes? There's the deal. Now you can be assured you're taken care of. Why? Because you have a new employer. The old employer has been fired. Yes?
It still thinks it works at the, at the building, but it's in the mail room. <laughs> it's not the CEO anymore. Yeah, it's, it believes it's the CEO. It keeps sending you messages, but, but you have a new employer being all powerful. <laughs> what more do you want? Just recognize the old employer when he keeps trying to go into the chairman's office. You just say, uh, sorry, you're in the basement. <laughs> you're for entertainment, basically now. You're for entertainment. <laughs> right. Uh, we right for the next one? <laughs> Thanks, for that, Thanks for that, mate. That was very funny. You're on fire, mate. It's awesome. Um, listen, just for everyone, I've just had a request from uh, Clifford, who's very selfishly told us that he's in Thailand, enjoying the isolation there, and he wants to jump the queue because he wants to go to bed. So he's just got a quick question, he says, he promises. So you're unmuted, mate. Go for it. Oh, thanks. Hi, Paul. Hey. Um, yeah, so it's a question regarding, um, I know you talk about the one-way valve, like looking at what you're not from what you are, and uh, rather than what you're not describing what you are, you know, that um, you're one and everything and everything's love and light, and that sounds nice and fluffy, but it's not my experience. Um, but my experience of looking at what I'm not is most of the time I'm looking at it's what I'm not looking at what I'm not. And yes. that's the experience for 99% of the time. And then maybe 1% of the time I, I get a little, I kind of laugh at myself. That feels like the real me. That feels like. It, yes. It, 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 is that kind of how it works, or is that enough? Yes, It'll, that will build on itself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you see the thief first, then you see the policeman seeing the thief, and then you see the whole thing, and there you go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's represented in a in a weird way in a part of the big book where. He talks about this self can be virtuous and kind. It's not always vindictive, resentful, but it can also appear to be virtuous and kind, yes, and stuff like that. But both of those are the self, yeah, and you're not that. So that which is behind those two things you described, which is always there, is what you are. So, yeah, you can... Uh, the head can run and hide, but it can't really, uh, it can't escape that. It's going to become more obvious and more obvious. But that's on the Wednesday and Saturday talks. We're speaking, it's sort of mostly about recovery today. Yeah. And uh, so really just trying to recognize what we're not as a disease called alcoholism so that what we are, whatever that may be taken to be, can travel lighter in a sense, yeah? And get out of its own way. And so, uh, yeah. But yes, of course, it's what you're not seeing what you're not. 
yeah. But that's just one of the first rings of aperture. It opens up, yeah, more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, try to make it to one of the Wednesdays or Saturdays. Yeah. Clifford, and then we can get into it, yeah. Yeah, Which... I'd like you to, yeah. They're all on the website. Just drop yeah. in and we can talk again. There's some details in the chat thing about that. Yes. Um, or you can contact, go onto the Facebook page, et cetera. But it's on zenbitchlap.com zen where you can contact. He knows. He'll contact. know it. Yeah. Clifford yeah. knows. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Very good. Thanks, bro. All right. Um, and now over to Tom H. Hey, Paul. I'm Tom. I'm an alcoholic. And thanks so much for Hi. your share, man. Um, I'm, I'm from just a little bit north of you. I'm from Oroville, California originally, but um, I've been living in the UK since 1993. And uh, the ripple effects of these meetings that you've been putting on are, are going rampant across Worcestershire and Birmingham, uh, England right now. And I, I love the, it's, it's going nuts. And thank you to uh, Dave as well. But I just had a couple of thoughts on, on 10 and 11 and then a quick question. And I love the thing at the beginning when you said we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. I'd say for 90%, I believe that 90% up until my first wife died, and then no one will ever be able to convince me I didn't see her spirit leave her body, man. And from that, I, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been solid 100% since then. And I love the whole thing of laying it out that spirit doesn't have a malady that self does. And a lot of, uh, you know, and then, and then um, and also you're not your head and all that. And then on to step 11, um, I was told that meditation is listening to God and praying is uh, talking to God. And luckily, I've, I've been able, I've done TM since I was like 19. So I had no problem with that thing of trying to find the space between the thoughts. And so much of what you share uh, has reminded me of like when you finally start to see a little bit, because the alcoholic mind is what kills us. It keeps telling us bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. You can't live with yourself. Don't you'll never get over that thing. You're not going to be able to do that. Blah, blah. It's the, they call it the washing machine brain over here, you know? And then when you finally get some space between the thoughts and you realize it, you say, I'm there. Wasn't I, you know? And that's, that's what I, I hear a lot in the, in the analogies that you've been getting, giving to, you know, but um, when you were talking about if, if somebody can't slow their brain down enough to sit there, they, they start swimming or going out into nature and stuff like that. But if I was, if I was working with somebody, I think what I was told is, is still have that sort of uh, consciousness that it's time for me to listen to something other than myself. And if I can do that through action, it's just as good like a, a walking yes. meditation, swimming meditation or anything like that. But I, I mainly just wanted to say thanks so much, man. These have been really enlightening. And then the, I don't know if the questions have to be about 10 and 11, but I just wanted to know how quick you take sponsees through the steps. Hmm. Uh, that's based more on the sponsee. Right. I don't have any, uh, yeah. I think it's important first to get the externals down, the externals of the program down, and then... Uh, the idea of letting these actions that are suggested in AA become habits because uh, the problem does reside in the head and therefore you don't want the head to have a lot to say about your sobriety. So an, a habit is an action without thought. So 
I don't think about going to an AA meeting. I think which one, yeah? I'm in the habit of going. I'm in the habit of, and these habits are very beneficial to the daily reprieve, yeah? And so I think the first year in AA is probably obviously the most important because the habits are gonna be formed then, yeah? And if you have an old habit that's still hiding in there, probably going to have to keep going back there until it gets corrected yeah right so yeah i'm a believer in that and following the getting the externals down commit oh well paul i think uh you might have lost him See if he'll uh, he'll come back. Hold on. Dodgy internet. Just if everyone just holds on for a second, we'll see if you. Let's give him a quick bell. I think uh, Mike's on the phone to him there. So, Mike, sorry about that. Oops. Yeah, I'm talking. Emilio's checking on him. We're going to want to stop your recording, David. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he says he's unfrozen, but still muted. Is he showing up? Oh, okay. He's not, I don't think he's there anymore. Oops, another phone hung up. <laughs> if he just leaves the meeting and then rejoins, it should be fine. Oh, there he is. No, he's there. He's good. I've got you. Okay. You're there, mate. Yeah, go for it. Sorry about that. Thanks, thank Tom for the question. Tom, no, thanks welcome. for the question. You're welcome, Paul. Yeah, really, yes. Okay, so. So next is uh, John O. Hold on. We have a pause there. That was nice. Yeah, it was a nice, nice intermission. Right. So John O, you're in. You're unmuted, mate. Okay. Hi, Paul. It's Johnny O in Toronto. Uh, oh, just, Johnny. Hey, how are you? Hey, great. Um, thanks for uh, not showing up for our non-event this Saturday. I've, you were supposed to be in Toronto this weekend for the AA talk. <laughs> So uh, I just wanted to say, I like the, I like the part you said about uh, the meditation and, um, and the prayer, because as you know, I came up with that term with called yogic swimming, swimming with a snorkel and a mask. And the yeah. experience I have there is like my deepest meditation, because in meditation, I sit down and I hear just chatter, chatter. I sit down to pray or something. It's just chatter, chatter. Um, when I get into the water there and I get, especially with the snorkel and the mask, I get that breathing happening and I find myself being in this quiet space inside where I'm actually like watching these arms move forward and the legs are kicking. And it's like, 
it's like I'm not even there. And that's that's what I think of my higher power is like, um, you know, running the show, moving everything and, you know, sitting back. And um, so, you know, when you mentioned swimming, that's kind of triggered it for me. Anyway, thank you. This is my first uh, one of your talks on this thing, and it's a fantastic format. And it's great to see you, even though we were supposed to see you this weekend, except for this uh, thing called the pan pandemic. Um, yes. I hope everyone's well and just wanted to make that comment and love to see you, man. Nice to see you, John. Thank Thanks, you. John. Yeah, it's great to see you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, my swimming guru. Yeah, right. yeah. You need to spotlight Paul. David. Don't trust them on any other topic, please. Yeah, okay. That's my suggestion. All right. Um, so, David R., sorry, I jumped the queue there, mate. So, David R., you're unmuted. Oh, <clears throat> hello, and uh, thank you for having this. Uh, I, I wanted to ask on step 11, <clears throat> you know, seeking to improve our conscious contact with God, or I think it's referred variously in the big book. Uh, to, you know, the, the one who has all power or, um, you know, the great reality deep down within us. I wanted to ask you, who is the one who is doing the seeking, seeking to, to have uh, better contact with that great reality? I don't know. You could ask that question in your own situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I do. I'm asking you. Is it is it the ego self? Is it the, the seeking? Well, you out? don't know. See, there's, let's say there's seeking. This gets uh, a little deeper, but let's, let's try it. So this is how I see this movement of self. Yeah. So self is a mental movement that claims. So when it notices an action, it uses that action to, to claim there's an actor, yeah? So the seeking is being used to imply a seeker, yeah? Now, you can see that from spirit, but if you're not seeing it from spirit, then that which you're not is now seeking, seemingly, yeah? Yes? Yeah. Yep. So that's where the who comes in. The who is this identification as self, is now the seeker, yeah? But you as spirit sees that. You can see that, yeah? And then the seeking is just seeking, yeah, yeah? But when the seeking is, is claimed, then a new agenda is put on the seeking that might not be the agenda that you think you're in, yeah? So now the, let's say the dis-ease has been introduced to something and is using it for its own little agenda. So I discovered this a lot because uh, one of my other seat assignments is to speak at other groups, spiritual groups, yeah, over the years. And so I saw spirit, I saw what I would call spiritual addiction with this whole idea where the seeking for a higher ground or for a more noble whatever is claimed by the mental state, it, it, it neuters the honorable 
intent, so to speak, and uses it to uh, emblazon or enlarge the sense of self. Yeah. So now you become a spiritual self, which is trickier than an alcoholic self, because usually for a lot of alcoholics and drug addicts, their flamboyantness attracts authorities. Yeah. People do interventions or they get arrested. But the spiritual addiction is much more subtle. There's no no one's going to walk into a spiritual meeting and say, uh, you've got to leave. This is an intervention. You've been to too many <laughs> meetings. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to say, "Hey, you can't go on your on your on a thirty-first retreat." I mean, obviously, <laughs> something is using the retreats for a different purpose now than what the retreat was meant to be. Yes, there's more of a gaining of self when you go on the retreat than a losing of self. Yes, so that's the subtlety of it. But. The spirit that we are is always before everything that appears. So you have the ability to see what you're not, definitely. Yeah. That's a nice answer. Thank you. Yeah. You're Thank welcome. You. Yeah. Okay. Hold on one second. My cat's stuck on a on something. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Go out there. <laughs> She got stuck on the uh, screen door. <laughs> like this. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's um there's no more questions unless anyone's got a quick one. I know. Oh fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's great. Um, remember I'm just sharing. Yeah. Oh, we've got one. Tony. I'm not against, I'm not against anything of AA. I we're no. just trying to add a member's view to things and see if the if it works for you yeah i didn't it worked for me to see alcoholism as other than me it gave me a possibility of being free from it yeah and i saw the moment when that happened to me and it was a well there was a clarifying moment and i was reading in the book on page 64 being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what had defeated us. I saw self as other. I'm completely other than me and other than you. I saw it like a foreign installment or a pathogen or, or a parasitical movement. Once I saw that, once I saw it, it became incredibly clear that I could be free from it from it. and then that download of being free from it told me i had been trying to be free as it for quite a while yeah so i was in i was a perfect example of that observing statement of aa self can't get out of self because i've been trying to get out of me as me since i've been about six years old seven years old i've been trying to escape paul as paul and it never worked I kept blaming myself. I kept making it, making me worse. Why can't I do this? But it's impossible to get out of something you're not in. I'm not in. I am not <laughs> what I thought I was. Yeah. That's the great news of AA for me. And AA has given me a way of life for that possibility to extend. Yeah. So the action figure, by being so unruly, causes all the attention to go on it. I have a chilled out life, so it's sort of like uh, I'm 
like a free range alcoholic. I'm can just graze around and shit like that because the action figure isn't calling like undue suspicion from authorities, you know, just like not doing much anymore. So, so as soon as that mistake of self can't get out of self being clarified by realizing I'm not that, then the possibility of being free from it became available. And I've been entertaining that possibility for like a lot of years <laughs> and more gets revealed. Like it says in our, our, uh, a vision for you, you know, this, this power is going to constantly download information to you. And it does. Yeah. And then you see the selfing, try to claim it and you recognize I'm not that. And therefore the information doesn't get, uh, claimed by self and it gets to be put to use. And it's fucking incredibly good information to have a damn understanding about what you're not. So that when it appears, you see it as not you. It's very, very uh, incredibly valuable. Yeah, because the, I could go in on it, but there is something that's taken us over and has presented itself as us. It has seemingly replaced us, and it lives and it uses us, right, as the vehicle to express itself through. Yeah, it's like a parasite. It's taken us over. And they, they've done tons of parasite, uh, studies on, on parasitical natures. And you'd be amazed what's happening. There's this, there's this thing, uh, there's this incredible one that uh, it drops its pores on ants. It tells the ant to go up and find, it has to be at a certain height in the jungle for its optimum thing. It has that ant climb up and then attach his mandibles to the leaf and then it kills it and it drops its shit on other ants. Yeah. So it procreates itself. It's sort of like, could you imagine? It's like alcoholism. Alcoholism can't go to the store and buy alcohol. Yeah. Mm. It has to convince us to go to the store. Yeah. You know what I mean? Alcoholism, alcoholism has an incredible amount of, uh, obstacles to getting what it wants. It has to have us to get what it wants. Yeah. It has to have us. So it's a parasite mm. and it doesn't treat the host well. It doesn't. It'll leave the host high and dry like an empty husk. And you'll, you'll be hoping you were dead and you aren't. You won't. It'll keep you going and going and going. So I think it's incredibly important if you can recognize what's ailing you not to be you. Yeah, I just do. Because the, then a new possibility shows up. Hey, I can be free from this. And AA is about a life free from the bondage of self. That's what it is. So it allows that life free from the bondage of self to maintain itself so that the the encroachment of the self keeps being inhibited by the way of life, by the principles you're living by. Because the principles are a conducive environment for that which we are to thrive. The parasite wants a different kind of pH. It wants to live in anxiety and in fear and in resentment mm -hmm. and in like all of that. It mm -hmm. likes that. It thrives on that. So therefore, it wants you to be like that. Yeah. The higher power has a different agenda for us.
it's really that black and white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just suggesting that something has taken us over and presents itself as us. And therefore, all you can do with your dreams of being free is trying to be free as that. That's what it does. Yeah. It's the freedom is from the bondage of self, not as self. It's from it. Yeah. So it's fundamental. It's a fundamental view, a complete fundamental view. It's the view that we are that infinite power to be trusted. We are not the finite thing that has demanded so much faith. Yeah. It's not ambiguous. It's not muddied. Yeah. All right, Dave. Okay. Yeah. Um. Tony wants. Tony wants a question. Then Graham C. Graham C. And then we'll wrap it up. So, Tony, yeah. you are unmuted. Okay. Thank you. Um. I just wanted to. I mean, I I feel twenty years later, you know, that I'm uh, more angry and uh, angry at others and uh, uh, at everyone and everything uh, all the time, and that shouldn't be the case, I think. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm. Uh, it seems I've lost the program. No, you haven't, honey. You haven't. That which you're not is stating exactly that. <laughs> Your head is talking to you as you right there and then. It's telling you you're angry all the time. You're not angry all the time. That's a lie. Yeah? You don't hate everyone. That's a lie. You see? It speaks untruths. And it speaks it so much and so casually, but that establishes us in a position that's not healthy for us or others, yeah? And the language keeps placing you back in that seat it's made up for you. That's the illness. That's the disease. And if you meet it and you keep calling it you, it's not going anywhere. You're like, it's, it's, you're the nest. It's living as you. Yeah, it's talking as you and how it, it just it's just displayed itself. I'm always angry. I'm always hating everyone. That's the parasite speaking. Recognize it. It's not you. Yeah. And I'll tell you, 30 of us can get together and it'll be the parasite talking to the parasite. And all <laughs> the other parasites will agree with the other parasite. And then you're really in a fucking like hornet's nest. See me. Yeah? You gotta see it. If you're not, you're gonna be looking from it. Yeah. 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 Spirit is before it all. And you can start there. And you do start there. You don't have to get back. You never left. Mm -hmm. yeah. Recognize I it. When it says this, ask who it is, and it will say me, and then ask it again, <laughs> and see, it's not you. 
Yeah. Why do we want? Why do we want it to define the whole thing? Why do we want it to provide the uniform? Why do we want it? You're down forty points every fucking day. Yeah, it's rigged. The whole game is freaking rigged. Yeah, it's a slavery, a slavery. Mm. And at one point, the only way to get relief was drugs and alcohol. And we were, we were willing to pay the consequences of what was going to happen tomorrow, not to feel uncomfortable now. We're beyond that. You're recovered. You're recovered from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It's assuming that you're not by its, la its little way it talks. It's assuming it's never been misplaced, but it has been misplaced. Yes? <laughs> Have faith in what's infinite instead of the finite. You're in good hands. You don't hate everybody. This is bullshit. <laughs> I hate everybody all the time. Give me a break. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't I even find my own shoes all the time. <laughs> I need to talk to you more. Yeah, and you need to listen to that less. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There yeah. You go. yeah okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, honey. Good to see you. Yeah, that was amazing. Thank you very much. And, and last one, last question from Graham C. You are unmuted. Hi. Uh, thank you, David. And um, thanks, thanks, Paul. Um, really enjoyed your talks. And I, um, I don't branch too much off step ten and eleven, but my ears kind of pricked up when uh, you were talking about the, the sort of the spiritual self addiction, um, and that very much is something which took place for me. Um, and it kind of, for me, like it presented itself as I don't know, a real a kind of a lack of a lack of authenticity, and and like a um, yeah, like a real trying to sort of copy what was going on around me, thinking that this was this was this was sort of the way to be, this is the way to do things, and um, it's turned out to be it's been quite a, a useful experience in terms of you know having these conversations with other people now, um, after a relapse, but. My question to you is, um, would you have any advice as to how to approach conversations like that with other people who might get defensive over a kind of, you know, this is out of concern kind of, you can kind of see this, this thing creeping in? Well, you know, for me, I, I tend to go the spontaneity way, a spontaneous, that I'm going to uh, I'll have what needs to be said when I need to say it and stuff. And that's been, that's proven to be pretty reliable. In other words, I don't have any uh, form, you know, I don't have any form of how it's all based on what's happening at that moment. And then you, you say what you say. Yeah. Sure. You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. If you keep putting your foot in your mouth, like it says, you know, practice these principles in all your affairs. If you can't do that, limit the affairs for a while. Yeah? Don't talk about the topic. I know guys in AA who, what's, we've had a phenomena in AA. It, for a lot of people, part of the problem is AA. <laughs> They think they know what AA is because they walked into a meeting for a half an hour. Yeah. So they pushed it. And when they go out, they tell me tons of shit 
about going out, but after they went out. So all that shit that comes after, all their observ observation is part of the problem. I won't talk to them about AA. I won't because it's a part of the problem. Yeah. The thing is, my little idea is the alcoholic calls you after they drink. The recovered alcoholic calls you before they drink. If there's been a pattern of the alcoholic calling me after they drink, they think they know why they w went out and all this shit. And now the solution has been made part of the fucking problem. Mm. This is how, what we're dealing with. The subtlety of the parasite. Yeah. <laughs> and so some people, when they want to tell me for the eighth time why they went out, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Just go to a meeting, get a commitment, fucking don't talk anymore about it. Yeah. Because obviously there's a, there's the patient and the doctor are the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> They're both ill. So just, you know, so some people, I don't listen to them at all, tell you the truth. I don't. Yeah. Other people, I'll listen to them for fucking three hours. It's just what happens. You know, you, have, you feel it out. Mm -hmm. Being available isn't always being of service. Some people need to have, if, to me, it's a disservice to keep people from their bottom, tell you the truth. Yeah. Sure. It, it is. I mean, fuck it. Go for it. Because uh, without the clarity of the first step, that unconvinced is going to plague you throughout your fucking program. Yeah. So maybe it will take a fucking rude awakening or, or a fucking calamitous bottom. But in a way, the power will put that to great use and you'll never drink again from that point on. So was it was it crazy that you went out? No, it was fucking the appropriate thing. Yeah. 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 But see, the spirit has that. It's sort of like, you know, having a glass of water and calling it the Colorado River or being in the Colorado River while it's rivering. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. It's a different feel. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The higher power. The presence of this power is tactile. It isn't a concept or a fucking idea. You've been infinitely under its, you've been intimately under its influence. Yeah. It permeates. You have a, a there's an intimacy it, to that which you've never seen or touched or tasted. Yeah. It's there because it's always here. Stay on, stay in our, stay in it. Stay in the program. Of course, you're going to get spiritual pride and you're not that. Of course, you're going to get mature around that and you're not that. Yeah? Of course, it's going to try to use the idea of the higher power in, in mischievous ways. But we grow through those immaturities. And then you'll hear a, a guy who has, or a woman who has 40 years, and when you hear them, there's a certain timber, you know what I mean? They're solid because they've been under this influence for a long time. Yeah, just stay under the influence. There is a higher power, and it's and it, a fulcrum for it here is AA. It is. It has somehow brought grace into this, and and has the ability to produce profound effects. Yeah. So. Thank you. Yes.
Okay. I got to go to the bathroom, I think. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's, um, yeah, that's the last one. I don't question. have a hee-wee here. All right. Yeah, okay. Hee-wee and a little commode. Um, yeah, so listen, thanks for, I'm just going to unmute everyone in a minute, but thank you very much. Just to say we're back on Thursday, same time, same place. And just yes, it's about... going to be uh, step 12. Yep. And then we'll, uh, and we'll just keep going, you know, whatever. Yeah. If you guys want to, it's fine. Yeah, sure. But thank you very much again. Thank you very much for everyone for coming. I'm going to unmute hey, you all. You can say hello to everyone. Yeah. Uh, thanks. thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, thank you very much, everyone. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so yeah, much. Elvis has left the building. Just don't forget Thursday. Are you gonna, hey, Tom, are you going to stay on? She doesn't have the ability to check everything every time someone does. Hang on, mate. You hang about, Tom. What happens next? We're going to have biscuits. Let's do that. Yeah. And a cup no biscuits. No biscuits, man. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. See you Thursday. Brilliant. Does anyone know? Uh, I've unmuted everyone. Is everyone all right? Thank you. Mm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. No. <laughs>